Chapter 18 of The Cruise of the Alert in Search of Treasure by E. F. Knight. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 A Voyage to Market. I remained on shore for a fortnight, during which the weather was fine, though a slight shower generally fell in the morning. We still had a large supply of stores, both on shore and on board but there was one article of food which we were consuming in much larger quantities than had been anticipated the necessary oatmeal and it was now found that but very little of it was left it was therefore decided that i should sail to bahia our nearest market town with the yacht and procure some more a voyage of fourteen hundred miles in order to purchase a little oatmeal sounds like a rather large order but as a matter of fact it was more comfortable to be under way than to lie at anchor where we were exposed to ocean swell so we did not look upon the journey as a troublesome duty my crew was to consist of pollock and the three white sailors i put ted milner the boatswain on pollock's watch and took arthur cotton on mine john wright did the cooking and kept no watch though he was always ready to lend a hand if necessary on sunday december twenty ninth the whaleboat went off to the yacht for another load of stores so that there might be an ample supply on the island during the absence of the vessel for it was not possible to foresee how long we should be away on monday thirtieth i returned on board and after the two parties had bade each other good-bye and good luck the whaleboat went off to the shore with a last cargo of provisions we now got the vessel ready for sea we unbent the storm trysail and storm foresail and bent the large foresail being rather short-handed we left our topmast housed during this voyage we did not weigh the anchor until five p m we set the whole mainsail the mizzen foresail and second jib the wind at first was exceedingly light so that we drifted helplessly about for a time and we did not get clear of the island until after dark i was thus unable to sail around to the mouth of southwest bay and satisfy myself that the boat had been safely beached however seeing that so many successful landings had been accomplished i considered it unnecessary to hang about the island until the following daylight so we shaped our course for bahia a moderate wind sprang up in the night and we soon left the island far behind us this was a most successful voyage the wind was from the northeast all the time right abeam and therefore as favorable as it could be there was not quite enough of it however and our best day's work was only a hundred and fifty-four miles on one day it was rather squally and we had to trice up the main tack now and then the voyage only occupied five days for we sighted the white sands and the coconut groves of the brazilian coast at five p m on january fourth and at seven thirty we rounded st antonio point and entered the bay of bahia here we found that a strong tide was running against us and is usually the case in the gulf at this hour there was scarcely any wind so we were compelled to let go our anchor near the lighthouse a newfoundland bark that had followed us in had to do likewise the next day january fifth we rose early and saw before us again the beautiful white city which we had left nearly two months before we got up the anchor as soon as the morning breeze had sprung up and sailed slowly to our anchorage under fort lamar where we let go in three fathoms of water 
we noticed that a strange flag was flying on all the forts and government buildings as well as on the guardship and a little gunboat that was lying near us it bore no resemblance to the flag of brazil or to that of any other nationality and puzzled us somewhat though it was sunday our old friend the harbor doctor came off to us in his launch i was uncertain as to how he would receive us for the regulations of brazilian ports are strict and our entry here was most informal we had sailed out of bahia as the doctor himself must have known two months before presumably for sydney australia and now here we were again at bahia with no bill of health and only half our crew on board he came alongside and we greeted each other what port do you come from he then asked we have been in no port since we left here i replied how in no port he exclaimed raising his eyebrows in slight astonishment he was too thorough a brazilian to express much surprise at anything or to rouse himself from the almost oriental apathy of manner that distinguishes this somewhat indolent race then i explained to him that we had been passing our christmas holidays on the desert island of trinidad that i had left most of my companions there while i had sailed to bahia for more stores and that having been in no inhabited port i had consequently been unable to provide myself with a bill of health and what were you doing on trinidad all this time among other things we were making collections of the fauna and flora there are some rare birds have you any specimens of the birds on board luckily i had a few and exhibited them he was somewhat of a naturalist himself and recognized one species which he had seen on fernando narona he seemed satisfied and gave us practique without any demur mr wilson had of course seen us and had sent his boat to fetch me on shore leaving the others on board i got into the boat and as the black boatman pulled me under the fort it occurred to me to ask him in the best portuguese i could muster what was the signification of the new flag that floated above the battlements in my anxiety concerning practique i had forgotten to make any inquiries on the subject from the doctor the black looked up at the flag smiled faintly and replied with an indifferent air ah la república and so it was indeed the republic when i reached the store mr wilson told me all about the revolution which had occurred quite suddenly and quietly on the day after we had last sailed from bahia i learned that the much esteemed emperor had been deposed and that a republican form of government had been proclaimed and a very shabby sort of a revolution it had been too for there had been no slaughter to give an air of dignity and respectability to it the people themselves appeared to be heartily ashamed of such a feeble thing and spoke little of it the most insignificant republic of central america could have got up a far more exciting and sanguinary affair a few hours notice the harbor doctor had not even thought it worth while to mention the change of government when he gave me practique no national flag had yet been selected for this latest addition to the list of american republics and the flag we saw was that of the state of bahia there had been no disturbance in the city when the news of the pronunciamento was telegraphed from rio the negroes did not raise a hand to support the emperor to whom they owed their freedom the only incident of note that occurred at bahia was the salute that was fired at fort lamar in honor of the new government this salute did cause some little excitement for by some mistake round shot were fired instead of blank cartridges 
and one shot went through a longboat swinging on the davits of a Norwegian bark and did other damage. The United States gunboat Richmond was at anchor in the bay, awaiting instructions from Washington, it was said, before officially recognizing the new sister republic. The next day was the Feast of Epiphany, a great holiday, and no Brazilian could be got to work under any circumstances whatever. Crackers, rockets, and bells were the order of the day. Even for the two days succeeding the festival, these pious people were disinclined to work, and I heard the skippers of vessels raving in Wilson's store because they could not get the water boats alongside or ship their ballast, as the lightermen were still busy letting off crackers in the streets. However, we managed to get all our stores off, oatmeal, plenty of fresh vegetables, fruit, molasses, and a small barrel of canna or white rum. On Thursday, January 9th, I renewed my acquaintance with some old friends. The telegraph steamer Norseman came into the port. She was still under the command of Captain Lacey, who had taken Falcon in tow with her from Rio to Maldonado nearly ten years before. We had intended to sail on this day, but the glass had been falling and it was blowing hard from the southeast, so that it seemed advisable to wait for some improvement in the weather. The next day, January 10th, the glass began to rise and the sky looked less threatening, the scud no longer rushing across the heavens at a wild pace. So we got under way after breakfast and once more set sail for the desert island. For a vessel sailing from Trinidad to Bahia, the wind is always fair, being from northeast to southeast. But for one sailing the reverse way, the wind is, as often as not, right ahead. This bad luck we now experienced. Trinidad lay to the southeast of us, and southeast was also the direction of the wind. When we were outside the bay, we put the vessel on the port tack, and at five in the evening we were off the Moro San Paulo lighthouse. Then we went about and steered away from the land. This was, I think, our most disagreeable voyage. It blew hard all the time, and there were violent squalls of wind and rain that frequently compelled us to scandalize our mainsail and lower the foresail. The sea ran high and was very confused, so that, sailing full and by, the yacht made little progress, laboring a good deal, and constantly driving her bowsprit into the short, steep waves. On the third day out, we took two reefs down in the mainsail and two in the foresail. The wind was constantly shifting between east and south, so that we often went about so as to sail on the tack which enabled the vessel to point nearest to her destination. When we had been six days out, we were only halfway to Trinidad, having accomplished the distance of 350 miles from Bahia. On this day, I had some trouble with Arthur. He had, I think, brought a bottle of rum on board surreptitiously at Bahia, or, possibly, he had helped himself from the barrel which was always kept for security in my cabin. As I used to sleep on deck during Pollock's watch, he could then find his opportunity as no one was below to catch him. At midnight, when I relieved the other watch, he refused to obey an order. He had done this on two previous occasions, also when under the influence of smuggled spirits, and had been quickly brought to his senses and to his work by having his head punched. It was his wont to become repentant and make amends for his bad conduct by extra good behavior, and I must allow that he did his work willingly enough as a rule, but drink converted him into a foolish sea lawyer. 
The offense was flagrant on this occasion, and, as a head-punching only resulted in making him sulky, I determined to discharge him. Seeing that months might elapse before we left Trinidad for the West Indies, and not wishing to have him on my hands all that time, I made up my mind to run back to Bahia with him at once. So the main sheet was promptly slacked off, and we bore away, to the young man's great surprise. I would not let him go below in case he should get at the rum again, so ordered him to stay on the deck forward. Before the end of my watch, he disobeyed this order and sneaked below in the dark. When I discovered this, I went down and ordered him to come on deck at once. He obeyed promptly this time, as he was, no doubt, reaching the sober and repentant stage, but I would not trust him, and tied him up by his foot to the bulwarks forward, and kept him a prisoner until we came into port. He was the only paid hand we had who was subject to these fits of insubordination. The doctor and myself never had any difficulties with the others. They did their work cheerfully. Now that we were running before the wind and sea, we made good progress, and we sighted Moro San Paulo light at 2 a.m. on Sunday, January 19th. The distance, therefore, that we had made after six days of tacking was now accomplished before the wind in fifty hours. We were becalmed off the entrance of the bay for several hours. It was an excessively hot day, and the morning breeze did not spring up till later than usual, so we did not let go our anchor under Fort Lamar until midday. And now, lo, the flags of the state of Bahia no longer decorated the city and forts, but a flag something like the old Brazilian flag, but yet not the same, floated everywhere. Had there then been yet another revolution while we were away, and was some new form of government, communistical or oligarchical or what not, being experimented upon? We learnt on landing that this was the national flag of the Brazilian Republic, but only a tentative one, which was being flown so that the citizens could see how it looked. I believe several other patterns were tried and thus exhibited in the cities for public approval before one was definitely selected. The harbor doctor came off to us, was amused at our story, and again gave us practique. Wilson had, of course, been much puzzled at the reappearance of the alert and was anxious to hear what had happened. I took Arthur before the consul on Monday morning and formally discharged him. New brooms sweep clean, as they say, and the new Republican municipality had decided to clean dirty Bahia as economically as possible, and had hit upon the following ingenious plan. The police were instructed to consider anyone, whatever his rank, who was found walking in the streets after bedtime as a dangerous conspirator, and to promptly arrest him. All men locked up on any night for this crime were sent out the next morning in a gang to sweep the streets. It was interesting, I was told, to observe some gay young Brazilian masher in silk hat, lofty collar, and pointed patent boots cleaning a gutter out, with an armed policeman standing over him to see that he did not shirk his work. I was instructed by the consul to warn any of my men who should come on shore as to the danger of strolling about the city at night. I did not wish to remain at Bahia one moment longer than was necessary, but I thought it would be well, as we were here, to fill up our water tanks. But it happened to be another fiesta this day, bells and crackers again, and the water boat would not come off. 
so we had to wait till the following day january twenty first when the water was put on board of us and in the afternoon we got under way end of chapter eighteen